Good morning. Good. I mean, good afternoon, everyone. Dean Kulawir here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Sorry, got my got my time mixed up there. I uh, hope everyone is doing fantastic. This is episode four of the 360 podcast, where I bring you folks amazing guests from uh, technology, business, entrepreneurs, uh, talent acquisition, human resources, and of course, career development. I have an amazing guest today who I'm going to bring out shortly. Uh, but before I do, don't feel shy, everyone. Feel free if you are tuning in live to say hello in the comments. And uh, a quick shout out to everyone tuning in on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Twitter. And also a quick shout out to Mike's people as well. Mike Tomasello, who's my guest today, uh, whose people are tuning in from uh, LinkedIn, YouTube uh, as well. All right. So today we're going to be speaking about uh, professional networking strategies for those of you who are job seekers, as well as a career. You're looking for, for networking strategies for your career. Maybe you want to network into uh, your next uh, position at your current company, maybe at a new company, whatever it is. Uh, I'm going to be bringing up, bringing on Mike again shortly to uh, share some amazing strategies and also share his story, uh, which is an amazing inspirational story. So I really, really look forward to that. Uh, and don't forget, folks, to uh, hit hit us up with a like. Make sure you comment with any of your questions as well, and make sure you share this with your network as well. And uh, also, if you if this is your first time tuning in and watching me, you've never heard of me heard of me before. My name is Dean, and I sp specifically talk about uh, job search and recruitment from a obviously a recruiter's standpoint. Uh, all my social links are at my Linktree page, which is linktr.ee forward slash DK Tech Recruiter. Uh, you can also catch the replay for today's segment on there if, if for whatever reason you uh, you missed the link for this uh, this particular session. And uh, also, if you're an IT professional in the greater Toronto area, if you're a mid-level or senior level IT professional in Canada, or maybe you're an organization searching for tech talent in Canada, definitely make sure you reach out to me for more information on how I can personally help you. My email address down there is dean at techrecruiters360.com. So with that being said, folks, again, uh, amazing, amazing guest today. And uh, just make sure you uh, say hello to us in the comments. And uh, who I have here today with me is Mike Tomasello. So I first started following Mike on Twitter. Uh, and, and that in itself is a great, you know, how we got to know each other is, again, is a great example of, of the power of networking. And uh, Mike just posts some amazing content on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I started, we started following each other and, you know, a lot of his stuff really resonated with me and I really saw the value that he brought to the table. So, and, and also Mike was called a top career thought leader by the original shark, Kevin Harrington from TV's Shark Tank, one of my favorite shows, by the way. Uh, now, despite being a strong introvert and the first generation in his family to graduate from college and also having a condition that caused him to fall asleep in class, he's gone on to lead both startup and Fortune 100 teams across multiple countries with one $1 billion in strategy responsibility. And when he graduated, he had zero network and, and you know, not much of a network in place. And yet he networked into meeting seven Fortune 1000 CEOs all before the age of 30. Not a simple task. And he spent over 24 years interviewing thousands of successful senior executives to research what does and doesn't work in career success, including, of course, networking. Uh, he's the CEO of CareerSuccessSecrets.net. And uh, folks, I'm excited to have with me Mike Tomasello. Make sure everyone, you give Mike a very warm welcome in the comments. And uh, look, it's going to be a great session today. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for tuning in today. And uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dean. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and uh, again, folks, make sure you say hello in the comments and make sure you uh, start asking your questions about professional networking in the comments as well. We get into that. But to kick things off, Mike, I mean, look, when it comes to, uh, I know I know for myself, 
I'm thinking back to when I was a new graduate, fresh out of school, as well as, you know, all this advice I've received throughout my life about networking. Networking has always been a bit of a, uh, I don't know, it, all, it always sounded to me like more like kind of a gimmick and like, uh, you know, this real mystery, right? Because you have these, these cute little sayings on Instagram and the memes we've all seen, you know, your network is your net worth. Uh, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. I mean, so Mike, are these just like is networking a real thing, or or is th is this just like a this 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 big trend or gimmick? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, networking is real, folks. There is a reason why the memes exist. There is a reason why people talk about it. Um, I, I I think the challenging thing and the mystery comes about is there's not a lot of people that are really good explaining what it is and, and therefore the mystery and therefore people get confused and therefore people are like, well, I think I'm trying networking, but it's not exactly working. So maybe networking doesn't work for me. So I think that's where a lot of the mystery comes from is most people are out there are pretty bad about explaining what it is and how to do it. Yeah, and it's kind of ironic too, Mike. Would you say? But I mean, because it's it's such an important part of building a career and uh, uh, building new connections. Because ultimately, you know, no matter what business you're working for, it's about the relationships you make, the connections you make. And yet, it's it's not really something where I mean, there's no. As far as me, when I was at, in in college or university, there was no networking 101 class. I mean, uh, no one's really teaching this stuff at school. So I definitely agree with you on that. Now, Mike, uh, you have a very inspirational story. Um, and I feel like you had a lot of things going against you. Uh, mm -hmm. You describe yourself as someone who was a very strong introvert. Uh, you had a condition, I believe, which which caused you to uh, to fall asleep uh, during classes. Uh, you were discouraged by many people to not think big, to not go for it in your career. Uh, you're from a family where where you're the first person basically to uh, to graduate with a with, with a higher educational qualifications. Um, I mean, how, how do you go from that to, to being someone who, who's, who's, who's a great networker? Who, who, like what, what caused young Mike to be like, okay, I have all these things going against me, but I need to get good at networking. Like, what was that thing that pushed you to, to really go for that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I, think, um, I think the short version is um, I always knew that I always knew that in order to make an impact that there were uh, – a wide variety of ways to make an impact in business. And so I started learning about business and getting involved with business while I was still in my third year in the university. And I came across this organization, which had me actually actively selling a business while I was still in school. And I came across some sales books and luckily for me, uh, a lot of the sales books included information about networking. And so that's where I sort of realized, well, hey, I don't, if I get really good at building relationships and getting other people to introduce me to people, I don't have to be this huge outgoing person who's like this sales master. And so once I came across that stuff, I just really dived into every single networking book I could find on the subject. I found out some of the books worked, some of the books didn't work. Um, and I just kept testing things while I was still an undergraduate and things kind of exploded from there. And I ended up while I was 
a strong introvert. While I was struggling in class, I was still meeting vice presidents. I was still meeting general managers of huge divisions of corporations while I was a junior in university. And so that's when things opened up and things just kind of snowballed from there. Gotcha. And, and I also wanted to ask you, Mike, like, um, so this change where you were, you were going from, you know, a highly introverted person, uh, you know, probably really shy, kind of awkward when you're kind of, you know, talking to strangers and all that and going to, you know, booking these meetings and conversations with, with these highly successful uh, executives. Was it, was it like an overnight thing or was it kind of step by step? Like how, how did that movement occur? Because, you know, a lot of people that are tuning in that might be more on the introverted side and there's this belief that, Hey, in order to be a good networker, you have to be extroverted. You got to be one of those high energy, uh, you know, extroverted people. Uh, so can you, can you, like, how, how did that change occur? Did, did it take, did it take a couple of years? What, what, like, how did that kind of work out for you? Yeah, I'm happy to elaborate on that. And um, there might be a couple questions in there. So, um, so if my answer doesn't cover everything that you're looking for, feel free to, you know, circle back and ask me follow-up questions. Yeah. But uh, my my answer to that would be, I'm still a strong introvert till this day. So a lot of people don't necessarily understand it. Like introvert doesn't mean that you can't be outgoing. Introvert doesn't mean that you can't be a great communicator. So um, so the the core of who I am is still pretty much the same. I still need to take a step back to process information in my head sometimes. I still need my alone time. Um, I can't go to a networking event for five hours without taking a break. So, uh, so, so I wanted to say that. So you don't have to change who you are in order to be a great networker. Um, I think it's a good question because uh, what a lot of people do is, you know, they try they try networking a couple of times, once or twice, two or three times, maybe even five times. And it's not working perfectly yet for them. It's still kind of awkward or whatever. Yeah. And I want to let people know, I still sometimes go to networking events and feel awkward. It's totally normal. I sometimes, um, I sometimes still have a meeting with someone and it doesn't go as planned or whatever. And that's all still part of the process. So you really you really start to get amazing at networking well maybe that's a little ambitious you really start to get good at networking when you've tried some of the things at least 10 or 20 times within a certain period of time so that's sort of when um when the snowball effect really starts to kick in gear for people that's when they really start to get it and they realize oh maybe i need to tweak this that i'm saying um maybe i need to be doing this another way um so the thing is most people haven't really given it a shot and they think it's going to work perfectly the first or second time i love that you said that mike because i think a lot of people don't don't see that networking really is a skill just like any other skill Yes. And, I, I, and I think that any, everyone, every single person tuning in has mastered some kind of a skill in some other part of their life. Uh, and, and, and they know it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. Like it takes, like you said, you know, if you want to implement a networking skill or strategy, try it out at least 10 times. And that's how you kind of make those pivots, hone it, better it, adjust it and all that stuff. So I think that's some fantastic advice out there. And I think that's a definitely key takeaway 
especially for those of you out there watching who might be more on the introverted side and, and find find networking a little bit intimidating. Uh, so that, that's a great point there. Now, Mike, you you network yourself into meeting with, um, I think it was seven Fortune 1000 CEOs uh, before the age of 30. Now, these are folks that are, I mean, they're not they're not just hanging out and, look, you know, looking to spend time with just any random random person out there. Like, it's it's not easy to get the time of these people. And I know because as a recruiter, I'm making cold calls every day trying to book meetings with uh, senior executives. So, um, how like, you know, these are – so how did you approach that? And uh, how did that process kind of work? Yeah, great question. So one of the core concepts that I teach uh, to my career coaching clients and, and people in my, uh, in my audiences is the concept of commonalities, particularly strong commonalities. And it's something that not a lot of people talk about in networking. Um, I might actually be the person who came up with it. I, I don't know. But what I, what I figured out is most people are, the biggest mistake that people are making in their networking is they're trying to network with strangers. Mm-hmm. They're saying, hey, I want to meet this CEO, or I want to meet this hiring manager, or I want to meet this recruiter. And they're messaging them the same way that they're messaging their friends, thinking that it's going to work. What they don't realize is this is the equivalent of picking a stranger, calling them on the phone, and they might be in the middle of dinner, and the person's like the person feels like you were spamming them and giving them a phone call. Yeah. So that's not really networking. Uh, the way that I describe networking is I always try to tell people, well, the definition of a network is a series of people or things that are interconnected. Mm. A series of people or things that are interconnected. So if you're not already connected with them on some way, then you're technically not doing networking yet. Now, there's a lot of different things you can do to warm that up so that they do eventually become part of your networking. But that's the more advanced stuff that people are trying to do too soon. So here's the core concept that I use that led to the Fortune 1000 CEOs, at least quite a few of them. I focused on the people that I had a strong commonality with. So for a lot of people, people that have gone to a university, even if it's just a bachelor's degree, an an undergraduate university degree, anyone that went to the same university as you, even if they studied something completely different, you have a strong commonality with people. So for me and the CEOs, I focused on those people. And so because we had something in common, they were more likely to reach out. Now, there's another concept that I also applied, which starts to get a little bit more advanced. And if you're just starting out with networking, you don't even need to do this next part. This next part is, well, at a young age, I found a way to make myself be valuable to people. So, um, and there's more opportunities to be valuable to people at a young age than ever before. You're valuable to people because you have a podcast. You're vol- valuable to people because you uh, you do LinkedIn Lives and whatever. Now, there's probably a lot of other ways that you're valuable, but for someone really high level that you're trying to network with, they might want to be on your show. 
they might want to uh, they want they might want to publicize something that's going on in their career or in their business right now. So I did something very similar even before all of these things existed. I hosted a lot of events and I said, hey, Mr. CEO, hey, Mrs. CEO, I have this event and we want to highlight you as the keynote speaker and and build this entire event around you. Would you be interested in coming? So those were um, those were some of the foundational things that led to being able to reach out to really high level people. That's amazing. And I love how you put the focus on the other party and the other, the other person, because I think that's something a lot of people, at least from what I see, uh, a lot of job seekers there, you know, they might be in this desperate state or they really want to get out of their current job. They're really desperately looking for their next job. And the focus is mostly on, hey, you know, I need a job. Help me out with this. Help me out with that. And the focus is not as much on the other person that they're trying to appeal to or, or make a connection with. So I think that's great. And, and you were doing this, Mike. I mean, this was way before like social media and all, and all this uh, fancy stuff. So I, I, you know, I have to ask you, like, was, was net, would you say networking was more challenging back then or like how, what, what, what's the difference you see between now and then? Ooh, that is, that is such a good question. Um, I could take the easy way out and say it was more challenging back then. Um, yeah. I think um, I, it, and because there were less options back then, it was more challenging. But I could also make the same argument for today in that it's challenging to network because there's so many options available to people. Yeah. It's kind of even more confusing about how to do it. So, for example, um, I was uh, I was hosting a Twitter audio space where people were were asking me questions live about networking a couple weeks ago, and I kept get, getting questions around uh, well, uh, content creation. Content creation is fantastic. Content creation can lead to some really incredible things and in building your credibility and whatever. And content creation is completely different from networking. So I totally get why people are being confused. And, you know, um, LinkedIn's, uh, a lot of people are, are gathering LinkedIn followers by adding them as a contact. And so those are called connections. And so I'm doing this in air quotes for those of you listening to the podcast. Um, and so it's very confusing in terms of what networking is and what networking actually isn't. So I, I get why people still struggle with it still today. Awesome. Uh, so I'm just going to show some of the comments here. We got some, we got some comments. We got Lionel who says, thank you for all, all what you do. Uh, Lionel, I do see your question. I'm going to get to your question at the end of uh, the segment. Uh, we got Bez who says, good to see career success secrets and how to land any job. Mike has excellent tips. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely uh, agree with that. And we got uh, someone who says, yes, spamming like messages be that I receive reminds me of online dating. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, we got Peggy who says, Dean, Mike is not that old back then. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, you know, in terms of networking, Mike, like what would you say are, are three of the most important lessons you have learned about networking? Ooh, that's such a good one. Um, so I don't know what all three of them are going to be yet. We're, we're just going to see what my brain thinks are the most important ones for today. But the first one that I'm going to start out with is 
a lot of times we overcome. Uh, so one, one is the strong commonalities that we talked about. Mm -hmm. If networking is not working for you, or networking is not, uh, if networking is not accelerating things for you, if networking seems like more work and it's not worth it, it's because you're trying to network with people that you don't have strong commonalities with. Yeah, and strong commonalities just makes things easier. Um, even if, uh, even if you didn't go to university there are strong commonalities that you can potentially have with people. You could have, uh, you could have volunteered for, uh, you could have volunteered for the same nonprofit at some point, even if it was just a one-time thing, you could, um, you could be from the same hometown, but living in a completely different city. You could be from the same country, but uh, currently living in a different country. All of those are examples of, of strong commonalities. So that would be that would be piece number one. Piece number two um, is most people are asking for something in their networking yeah. before they've actually developed a relationship. Most people are asking for something before they've actually developed a relationship. So uh, focusing just on job searchers for right now, I mean, these techniques apply to anyone, regardless of where they are in their career. But job searchers, a lot of times when they're reaching out, they mention their job search in the initial reach out. They mention a resume in the initial reach out. They mention a job opening in the initial reach out. That sends a subliminal message to the person you're reaching out to that you want something from them. And that doesn't make people feel really good, even though even though we know it's all kind of commonly accepted to network for your job search. So what I teach people to do is, well, don't use any of those words in your initial outreach. Why? Because my research, thousands and thousands of years of thousands and thousands of data points of testing, I figured out that those words scare people off because they're pretty sure that you're asking them for something. Yeah. Instead, what I teach people to do is focus on making people feel good. And the cool thing is most people feel good if you ask them advice, not pick their brain, but ask them for advice or insight. Why? I believe it's because everyone wants to be valued as an advice giver everyone wants to be perceived as an expert so if you focus on advice without hinting that you want something more than the advice the odds that someone is going to want to actually interact with you or agree to a meeting is that much higher so those would sort of be uh, the the uh, the two things um, and then my third point around networking would be, well, you actually need to, you actually need to talk the talk and walk the walk and you need to back that up when you're speaking with someone on the phone or you're meeting with them in a coffee chat, whatever scenario that you need to actually care about that person and want to build the relationship. Yeah. You actually need to want to learn from them. 
And if you think you have nothing to learn from them because they're at the same level as you or because you're already experienced, you're wrong. If you're a vice president or a CEO, you can still learn something from other vice presidents and CEOs. Like you're not an all-knowing being. None of us are. Um, and so by you making sure that you're actually asking questions about them, by making sure that you're actually learning, you will make that person feel valued so that they're eventually going to want to meet with you again or uh, or give value back to you, um, which results in the introductions, referrals and stuff like that. Great, great advice there and completely agree with you. Like um, uh, from what you're saying so far, Mike, I mean, there definitely appears to be a uh, like th there has to be a mental shift in the way people look at their networking. So I think those are some fantastic points there. Uh, now, you might have already kind of answered this, but what would you say, Mike, is the number one mistake you see, you know, most people make in relation to networking? Yeah, they're they're asking for something right off the bat. Yeah. And so oftentimes or they're hinting at they're likely going to ask for something off the bat because someone might say to me, well, I didn't technically ask for anything. I didn't ask them for job leads yet. I didn't ask them to refer me in yet, but if they're seeing, if they're seeing resume job search, uh, if they're seeing, um, if they're seeing job opening or I'm interested in working for your company, like those are all hinting at that you want something. So a lot of times what someone will say to me is, well, networking sounds really complicated then or networking it seems like it'll take a, um take take far too much time and so therefore i don't think it's worth doing and what i say back to them is it's counterintuitive and it's ironic but by actually caring about the person and putting in 15 minutes of extra effort they will feel so valued and they will feel like you care about them as a human being that it will actually accelerate the process where they are more likely to help you speed things up. So um, covered a little bit more than you originally asked, but uh, I, I just thought that was an important part to add. No, that's amazing. I, and, and you know, that that's such a great piece of advice. Uh, now, now, since COVID, Mike, uh, you know, there's been a lot of these virtual virtual events, essentially virtual networking events organized by, by various types of organizations and uh, some organizations that, you know, I, I have personally been a part of where before COVID, it was mostly on-site networking. <clears throat> now it's more, more so uh, actually some of the ones that I'm a part of that, that were there completely still online. Uh, now I'm, maybe it's just me. Like I'm maybe a little bit old fashioned in the sense that I prefer on-site in person, like physical events where I can actually, you know, meet people, shake their hands, really build that personal connection. I personally feel like the virtual events are not the same. Like I, I just can't seem to build the same kind of connections as I would in an in-person event. But what are your thoughts on that? Like virtual, like if, if a person had the choice between attending virtual events versus these, these physical, you know, on-site, on-location networking events, I mean, is one better than the other? Are there uh, pros and cons? Like which one, what are your thoughts on this whole virtual events versus on-site events? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, um, I am not an expert on all, all of the research studies and, and psychological tests in terms of like why certain things work and why don't regarding this topic. But 
I will tell you based on what I've read and in my personal experience, there is something about meeting someone in person where even, um, even the mere fact where you're able to shake someone's hand and yeah. get, you know, get a tactile touch or whatever, there, there, there's something about that. There's something about uh, tapping into all six senses or all five yeah. senses, I should say, um, that allows us to connect with someone more easily. Now, would I, would I take that and say, well, is in-person networking automatically better for, for people? Um, probably, but not necessarily. If you're going to have to, if you're going to have to commute an hour and a half, two hours each way to get to an event, and you're not even sure if the event's going to be good, well, maybe it's not the best thing for you. Maybe there's, maybe you can be reaching out to people for one-on-one -on -one networking instead. Um, if, uh, so, so those are some of the things that pop up in my mind. Um, I am a big believer in in-person networking events. I'm definitely a believer when you're meeting with someone one-on-one, -on -one, if you are close enough to meet them in person, I highly recommend they're doing it, that you're doing that instead of a phone call. If you're not able to do that and you have to do a phone call, I think that's okay. You can still get a tremendous amount out of it. Um, and so those are some of the different factors I do want to end on. And hopefully this is not going to blow too many people's minds, <laughs> but, um, but because I'm an introvert and because, and I I've been to, I'm probably not exaggerating. I have been to hundreds and hundreds of networking events. I don't know the exact number, but it's an insane number. And what I realized is, well, I can teach networking for people that never, ever want to go to a networking event. Mm -hmm. So if you employ LinkedIn properly, if you employ uh, making sure that there's strong commonalities that you can have in place with people, you can never leave the comfort of your home and you can still be an amazing networker. So I just wanted to throw that out in addition to, because sometimes people get super scared about networking events and they're not critical if you know what to do. Oh yeah, absolutely, Mike. And, and you know, as a tech recruiter, you know, um, I, I, I definitely communicate with a lot with, with some people who are, who are highly introverted, you know, extremely talented people, but you know, who are more on the introverted side who really struggle with, uh, because it can be intimidating, obviously, right? I mean, these are not, you know, extroverted people who are, you know, high energy extroverted, you know, they're, they're like, the, 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 you know, the, the center of the center of attention, you know, not, not those types of people. Uh, so I feel like, you know, that kind of holds them back at these kind of events and kind of puts them at a disadvantage. And it's great that you say that because what you're saying is basically, it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert or whatever it is, like anyone can learn the art of networking and, you know, uh, putting themselves out there. Uh, so I, I think that's such great advice. And uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is, so think myself as well, when I was much younger, I was very shy, very introverted. And something that I used to do when I used to go to these networking events is I, I'd look for the friendliest looking group and then I go approach them. And I, I wouldn't say anything. I just go approach the group and I just stand there and I just, I just wait for someone to open me up and, and you know, be like, Hey, how's it going? Like, is that a good strategy? Like as a first step for someone who's really shy and introverted, like if they're, if they're attending their first or first series of networking events, like how, how should they how should they approach that first networking event that they're really going into? Well, first of all, I, I, I want to give you a compliment because that's that's a great strategy. 
if you simply get within uh, get within eyesight of a, of a group, particularly multiple people, um, eventually uh, eventually someone who's more experienced will call you into the group and acknowledge yeah. you and whatever. So that's fantastic. Um, so for a for a first event, that's um, that's really great. Um, now this might seem strange for for an introvert for an introvert conversation, but it works really really well. I actually um, uh, I actually find that for some people, walking up to a group can be more intimidating. Yeah. So what I tell people is find someone that's standing off in the corner of a room or find someone who's standing by themselves and go up and talk to that person. The reason why is those people are usually in even more pain than you are. Yeah. And those people are heavily introverted as well. And they're going to love it and they're going to light up and open up if you actually go up and talk to them. And some of these people standing off alone can be really important people. I've seen directors, I've seen vice presidents of very large companies do this. So I wouldn't discount those people. Um, Another tip I would say is um, if you have found an event or an organization that you really like, or you just know that it's going to be a better organization for you than some random networking event, I would actually contact the organizers ahead of time and ask to volunteer. Ask if you can be a greeter. Ask if you can uh, help work the registration table. If you're volunteering, people are gonna people are gonna be forced to walk up and talk to you. And if you're working that registration table, you're gonna be the one face that every single person's gonna see. And then the next time they see you at the events, they're gonna feel like they know you a little bit better and they're gonna be more likely to come up and talk to you because you volunteered, because you organized. Uh, I love that. That's such a great that, that's such a great suggestion because it's it's so true. Uh, I mean, they're they're gonna look look to you as someone familiar, right? When they when they attend future events as well. Uh, so, Mike, before I get into uh, you know the, the the questions from the viewers, and as we wrap it up, uh, any final words of wisdom in regards to networking that you want to share with everyone? Yeah. So, so something that came up for me um, sharing my last tip is well you know maybe i'm not sure if i want to volunteer yet because i'm going to an event for the first time yeah so you can still do a, excuse me you can still do a version of that what i recommend people do is i recommend people observe and say who you know who are the people organizing the event who are the people that are like the officers or whatever? And you can even ask the person at the registration table this. You can say, hey, who's the main organizer or whatever? And as long as those people are not busy in the middle of doing something, walk up and introduce yourself and say, hey, I'm completely new. I'm actually kind of feeling lost or I'm introverted or I'm shy or whatever. I'm looking to meet people who are X, Y, or Z. Would you do me the favor of introducing me to a couple people? Organizers love to do this because they want you to have a good time so that you keep coming back. It works. Recommend you write that one down and do that. 
I mean, that that's such an amazing tip, and I totally agree with you. I mean, that's folks. I, I hope everyone wrote that one down because that's a killer right there. Uh, so, with that being said, Mike, uh, you know, as, before we get into the questions, can you tell us more about yourself and you know how how do you help people, and uh, where can people connect with you for more information? Yeah, well, I um, I have been a full time career coach for uh, about ten years. And so the way that I help people is I help people accelerate their career through networking, through improved resumes, through improved communication. So I help people figure out what's going wrong in their career, what's going wrong in their job search. I'm usually able to diagnose what's going wrong in 15 minutes or less, sometimes even as little as five minutes or less. And then I provide them with the roadmap in terms of what they need to do in order to get the results, whether or not it be getting a new job or getting promoted or turning those interviews into job offers. So that's what I do. I mostly work with people one-on-one -on -one right now, um, although I do occasionally offer group coaching programs. Um, so if that's of interest to you, if you're ready to invest in yourself, please do feel free to reach out to me on social media and let me know you're interested in that. But for most people that are getting to know me for the first time, I just recommend you follow me on social media. My goal is to provide as much great advice on social media that, that can help you land a job without meeting with me one-on-one. -on -one. So follow me on LinkedIn, follow me, um, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Clapper, which is the new TikTok, I guess. Um, or um, if you really want more detailed free coaching advice, join my free Facebook private group. Awesome. And uh, Mike, your website is careersuccesssecrets.net. Is that is that the website? Uh, that's correct. I, I'm currently in the process of redoing it. So the website's usually not the best place to uh, to come to right off the bat. Um, but, uh, I can get all the information to you, um, uh, if, uh, you reach out to me on social media. Awesome. Sounds good. And, and folks, just a heads up, I did post all of Mike's, uh, social media links. Um, if you're watching this on LinkedIn or YouTube, it should be in the description of the event, or if it's on YouTube, it'll be on the description of the video. So make sure you check out Mike, make sure you definitely, uh, you know, follow Mike on Twitter. He, uh, posts amazing content on Twitter and also, uh, po uh, he hosts, um, uh, what, what are those called? Twitter Spaces, which is basically the equivalent of Clubhouse or, or LinkedIn's audio event uh, rooms. Uh, and every time Mike invites me, I'm out salsa dancing. So, you know, one of these days I got to I gotta join in th that room and uh, definitely uh, check that out as well. Uh, and Mike, you, you provide so much great, great value to people. So I really appreciate that. And thanks again for being on the show. I'm going to now get into some of the questions from the comments. So folks, feel free to put your questions in the comments so we can uh, see if we can get some some wisdom from Mike here as well. Uh, so we got Lionel and Lionel says, Hey Mike, what tips will you give to a career changer trying to break into a new career? I'm currently taking a master's in cybersecurity. Do you believe that ob obtaining internships or freelancing positions is necessary to start a new career? So I guess, you know, any tips for, for people transitioning into a new career? Yeah. So, well, the good news is uh, uh, Lionel, you're, you're listening to, you're listening to the right thing because it's, it's much more difficult to, change careers without networking. It's extremely difficult to change careers without networking. I always use this example. You know, if you are, um, is, um, 
if you are living in North America and you grew up in North America and you want to learn Mandarin Chinese, you need to surround yourself with native Mandarin Chinese speakers. So if you're switching into a new career, I'm going to assume it's cybersecurity for you. It's really hard to land a job in cybersecurity if you don't know at least five people, if not 15, 20 people that work in cybersecurity. Can you pull it off? Of course you can. Like if you do enough of anything, eventually you will get there. But networking just accelerates everything because your knowledge improves in terms of what you know that you don't know. Your knowledge improves in terms of how do you communicate your value? Because the way you communicate your value is different depending on what audience you're talking to. And so really surrounding yourself with more people in cybersecurity. If you're Uh, If your university is having events, virtual or in real life, go up and introduce yourself to the speaker. Ask themselves a a couple questions. Say, hey, can I ask you some follow-up questions later, which gives you an excuse to get their contact information. And then you can employ this one-on-one conversation for more advice that we talked about earlier. Now, internships, freelancing or whatever, like, is that stuff necessary? No. And every little bit helps. But I think it's uh, the cool thing about networking is even if you don't have experience, if someone really likes you and someone really someone really enjoyed talking to you, a lot of times you can overcome a lack of experience because you've built those relationships. So networking is really the way to go for you, Lionel. Awesome advice there, Mike. Uh, Lionel, hope that helps. Let us know in the comments. Uh, We got another question here from. Uh, Raghu. So Raghu says, uh, how do we evaluate whether or not to pay for attending some technical networking events because it could be a hit or a miss? Ooh. Um, so, um, so I would, um, that's a tough one because it 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 depends. Like how much does it cost? Um, what are the quality of people that are going to be there? So, um, so usually you can, usually you can reach out to the organizer. Usually you can reach out to the organization that's hosting it and say, Hey, you know, money's kind of tight for me right now. Um, you know, whatever that definition is for you. And you can say, Hey, can you give me, um, can you give me an idea of some specific people that actually attend your events? So you can get an idea of the quality of the people that are going there. And so that's what I would probably recommend. Um, And there's plenty of events that don't cost anything. But here's the cool thing about the events that do cost. The people that can afford to go there tend to be a higher quality of people because there's a pay, there's a cost associated with it. So not everybody wants to go to an event where 50% of the people are unemployed and looking for work. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, so, uh, so if you can't afford to go to something that costs a little bit more, I think the better off you're going to be. Um, you know, professional association events that specialize in your specific area tend to be really good. Conferences, although they tend to be a lot more expensive, conferences are really great because you get to see people multiple times you get to uh, see people professionally but also in the bar at night so um 
I know I didn't give you the perfect solution for that because it, it, it depends on so many of the different specifics in terms of whether or not it's going to be a good event for you or not. Yeah, I mean, that's that's some great advice there. And, and if I could add just one more thing, Raghu, is, uh, you know, just like how Mike was saying, do your research. And, and another thing you can do is uh, see if you can connect with other people in your industry who might have heard about these events or maybe attended those events in the past. Get their feedback. See if you can get some testimonials from other people who have attended. And uh, just be really intentional about who you want to connect with and who you want to meet. And, you know, research the, the, the event as well. Who's going to be there? Uh, who are the exhibitors who are going to be present and all that stuff. So I uh, hope that helps, Raghu. Let us know in the comments. Uh, Neda says, Mike's Twitter spaces are awesome. Definitely worth joining. Awesome, awesome. Lionel says, uh, thanks. Helps a lot. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Dean. Uh, so we got a question at Neda. Neda says, how do you usually break the ice at a networking event where you meet people for the first time, especially when you don't know who, who the attendees are? Yeah, so I always say go for uh, go for what's easiest. And so the easiest thing um, – and, and by easy, I don't mean lazy. Um, so I don't mean talking about the weather. I don't mean talking about any of that stuff. You will probably never hear me talk about the weather or anything like that. The easiest thing to ask about is to talk about the events. Yeah. Talk about the events. So, hey, um, you can even say I'm new here or... And by the way, I, I have said I'm new here or I'm a rookie at events that I've gone to like four or five times. Like there might be someone. Um, and then if they're also new to the events or have only gone a couple of times, then you can bond over the fact that you're both rookies. You can bond yeah. over the fact that you both. Hey, great. We're, you know, we're, we're both brand spanking new. Um what made you want to what made you want to come to this event what attracted you about the event have you heard this speaker before yeah what attracted you to wanting to hear the speaker so stick with the really easy stuff because it's actually if you jump immediately to asking them what they do or talking about what you do it's actually more awkward mm. so use the thing that brought you together and that'll make all of your conversations more easily. And they will probably eventually ask you what you do. Or if there's a lull in the conversation, then you can switch to asking about them. So um, I always tell people, like, don't, don't even worry that much about talking about yourself. Because if you simply ask about them and talk about, talk about them, eventually they're either going to love you because most people love talking about themselves, even if they don't admit it. Um, most people love talking about themselves and a lot of them are going to turn around and ask you about you naturally. And then you, you know, you just figure it out. Would I love you to figure out what your elevator pitch is? I'm doing air quotes again. Um, <laughs> would I love you to figure that out ahead of time and sort of know what your 30 second introduction is or 15 second introduction is? I think it helps. And if you're just getting your feet wet and, and you're uncomfortable with networking, you can almost not worry about that and just focus on what questions do I ask people and, and you're going to have a great time. That's great advice, Mike. And it kind of connects with what you were talking about before about commonalities, right? I mean, the commonality right there in the, at the networking event is you're both at the networking event, right? So so I mean, yeah. both, both yourself and the other people 
they were brought in for for maybe similar reasons. So you know that that's a great way to kind of kickstart the conversation. So great advice there. So Aneta, hope that helps. Uh, Do you want to add something, Mike? Yeah, a, a quick thing on that. So um, in terms of strong common in terms of strong commonalities. So uh, if you are a member of a professional uh, a professional networking organization or a professional association my research and my testing has found that's technically not a strong commonality yet. Mm. And so if you're reaching out to people virtually without going to an event, I just want to let you know that does not work as well as someone who went to the same university as you. Yeah. However, you picked up on something really important. Once you physically meet them, even if it's just for five minutes, now the commonality is you've actually met in person. And so you can reach out to those people after the events, assuming that you don't wait too long and people forget about you. If you reach out to be people quickly after the events, now they're going to be more likely to want to have an advice conversation with you by phone or in person because you physically met in person, even if it was less than five minutes. Uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, right there, Mike. It's it's not that I'm being old school, but yeah, there is definitely that that different connection when you're in when you meet in person, right? I mean, there, it's a totally different kind of connection there, and you know that can really influence and impact the the the, the relationship from that point onwards as well. So, Nada, hope that helps. Uh, Nada says thank you, Mike. It was very insightful, awesome. Uh, so, looks like that's all we have for questions. So, Mike, thank you so much for your time today. I I, I learned so much. And uh, networking is such a an important part of uh, our careers, and advancing in our career, getting finding our next job. So thank you so much for tuning in, uh, folks. Make sure you say thanks. You thank Mike in the comments uh, for sharing such amazing, great information. And make sure you follow Mike. Uh, Mike, what's your Twitter handle again? It's at uh, How to Land a Job. Is it? Yeah, my Twitter handle is uh, How to Land Any Job. How to Land Any Job. So folks, make sure you follow Mike on Twitter. How to Land Any Job. And uh, again, amazing uh, tips and advice there from Mike. And uh, make sure you follow me as well for more future content, uh, job search and recruitment related. Uh, so with that being said, hope everyone got a fantastic amount of information from today's session. Mike, thank you so much. And uh, folks, stay tuned in for more great content. Thanks, everyone, and have a great rest of your day. Have a great day, everyone.